0: Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. Strike three. Dodgers have
1: won it all in 2020. And Lightning has struck place. And the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hello and welcome to episode number 59 of Four Future Considerations, the 59th episode in the long and storied history of this podcast. Welcoming my two good friends, Matt and Manny in Windsor, Ontario. How are you guys doing?
0: 59, man. I th- I'm i probably going to have my my plug pulled at 59. <laughs> That'll be the end of me. So <laughs> This is uh, the twilight episode for me here.
2: Who gets to pull the plug though? Oh.
1: <laughs> where, where does the, the line lines start I was going to say i was
0: gonna say it's a it's a good
2: thing they got visitor restrictions on at the hospitals right now it should be a battle royal like whoever's left standing gets to pull the plug i love it because that would be like a hundred person battle royal oh, for it? sure
0: and then how do you do it like like i'd be entertained if i was the philadelphia eagles coach and did like paper rock scissors <laughs> You do, like, an arm wrestling thing. Uh, it's got to be something creative, though. Like, really show me that you want to be the one that kills me. That, that's what I want to... That's what I'm looking for in uh, in, 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 in somebody that's going to
2: pull the plug. Do you know what's really underrated? Is the slap-off. Where you, you slap the bite. other yeah. person's face, and whoever's left standing gets to pull the plug.
0: Somehow I walk out of there like John Wick having <laughs> knocked everybody out. How did I end up being the only person alive?
1: <laughs> oh
2: well this is quite a start to the podcast this week 25 Jonathan.
1: seconds in and we're already killing Matt
2: <laughs> yeah but
0: in the 59th episode we haven't done this yet I, I lasted I lasted a while uh, I mean uh, we got a few people Kiefer's probably on the list that it would join
2: Mike uh, your Yo, buddy Mike will be on there Mike Although was, he uh, probably liked the idea of the battle royal, since he's oh, a huge yeah. wrestling he'd, fan, he'd be uh, into it for sure. Oh
0: yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a couple other people by the end of this episode. Shane.
1: So. <laughs> oh, Shane,
0: stop! Shane would show up late. We'd tell Hooper it's on Monday. It's supposed he shows up on Wednesday. <laughs>
1: Oh, he's already dead
2: <laughs> that might be the smartest move though i think the the punching would still be going on and hooper just walks in fresh he walks in. hey everybody two days late <laughs> finish him oh. Oh. what a start
1: john how's it up there in markdale that's good i uh, went to see um summer folk which people in this area will know is a big deal around here and uh my wife got to meet Chantel Kraviasik. They're former uh, Winnipeggers, both of them. And I got a giant sunburn. So it was a great weekend. All around. Chantel, audience. who? <laughs> 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 wah, wah, wah. Actually,
2: summer folk's always a good time. Yeah, uh, yeah. But our former GM at the radio station where we all work together, he tried to do a report on Chantel from uh, the Junos, I think, actually. And could not pronounce her last name yeah i think he had 10 takes he had 10 takes you saved that audio i remember hearing that yeah crazy Zook and uh (laughs) crepia chuck Uh, (laughs) it was everything but her last name i don't think we ever got a clean take no no (laughs) (laughs) oh good try at least (laughs) Uh, and she's a pretty good singer too yeah absolutely
1: Yeah, she was very nice too. Actually,
2: is she still married to Rain? Yeah. Yes,
1: and yeah. in fact, right. I have a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a news sort of a bulletin oh. thing that okay. I can break here. Some juicy gossip. You have
2: like a stinger that you could put in, like yeah. a new breaking, stinger, breaking news breaking news. <laughs> this is
1: huge. It's like the CNN breaking news graphic. Yeah, um, I love it. they are coming back to Summerfolk next year together, the two of them.
2: Oh, that's, so, that's amazing. A good show
1: yeah so rain is is coming to summer folk next year
2: i might have to uh, make the trip up there for that
1: yeah yeah you definitely that, should that
2: is that is cool
1: so uh we are back with two episodes this week a debate format for this show and um, obviously filled with different topics as well as some of your questions and then we'll release the ot as we always do on friday with a special guest so stay tuned for more on that
0: yeah, and as we get uh, closer and closer to the end of the week here, obviously inviting you to go back and listen to some of the previous podcasts, the great debates and great guests. Uh, the previous 58 episodes will really set you up for <laughs> the, the four and a half out of 10 rating that episode 59 is going to give you here too.
2: And uh, if that wasn't enough for you, you can follow us on social media. Where uh, we're at Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. And you can also email us too, considerations at gmail.com. Love getting those emails from listeners too. Yeah,
0: really the whole thing is wrapped around the social media. Like the social media is is top notch. Everything else that we're we're bringing. I mean, John does his thing, editing all of this stuff and putting it together and, and all of that stuff and all the hours he put in. And I, I just come in here and talk about Somebody killing me
2: <laughs> for the first two minutes of the episode. So we all have our gift. No, Matt carries the show. I don't know if if he died, we'd be. Oh man, we'd be done.
1: <laughs> we'd have Actually, to develop a new some... hate for baseball if Matt died.
2: Yeah, yes. you, somebody has
0: to. That's that's all I ask. If I don't make it past episode fifty nine, somebody take on the horse and and hate Major League Baseball. <laughs>
1: And now let's start the debate with a couple of tributes. First, Henrik Lundqvist. Hendrik in front, oh, in front oh, by Lundqvist. Henrik Lundqvist with one of the saves of the year. Henrik Lundqvist announced his retirement from hockey after a 15-year career in the NHL, affectionately known as Hank. Guys, is he a Hall of Famer?
2: Yeah, I don't think there's really any doubt in this one. I know he hasn't won a cup, and we've Mm -hmm. talked before about championships being a measure uh, that people have to hold up to to get into the hall. But you look at this guy's career, he actually took the Rangers on a tremendous run in 2014, beat my Montreal Canadiens Mm -hmm. in the Eastern Conference Final. The Rangers were three wins away from winning the Stanley Cup. He's won a Vesna Trophy. He's won an Olympic gold. He's won an Olympic silver. He's won World Hockey Championships for Sweden. I He might go down as the best Rangers goaltender of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he deserves to be in the hall. Some interesting numbers on on Hendrik Lundqvist.
0: And I think he's a guy that I have not fully appreciated just how good he is over his career. He kind of, to me, fits into the Marc-Andre Fleury category. And it's funny enough, the, the two of them are, are connected in, in some of the numbers that I had found here. But uh, Hendrik Lundqvist, 6th all-time in wins, 7th in saves, 8th in games, 17th in, in shutouts. He's the only goalie to win 30 games each of his first seven years in the NHL. Marc-Andre Fleury is the only goalie in the cap era that has more wins and more shutouts than him. He's six and two in game sevens. Wow. He was fifteen and four in a window of time in elimination games. Seventh round pick, two hundred and fifth overall wow. in the draft. Wow. And has the most wins by a goalie from outside of Canada.
2: Yeah, he's so- he's he's the record holder for all time wins from International goaltender, international, right? yeah.
0: yeah, unbelievable. One hell of a dresser, I tell you. This guy, <laughs> this guy should be in the Hall of Fame just so he can be up there on the podium in a Tom Ford suit. But I think it's I with you. I, I don't think there's any question that that he should be in there, and he's going to be the guy. And I guess you know, I guess Marino is somewhat comparable to the to him as like yeah, he didn't win a cup, yeah, but he did pretty much everything else that you could have asked of that guy for a very long career, almost 900 NHL games.
2: Not only a great dresser, but a good looking guy.
0: Really is yeah, like a really good looking
2: guy. Like John, if he was switching teams. Mm -hmm. that would be the guy he would do it for. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I don't
0: think there's anything wrong with that. I think John likes the hair
2: more than anything. Yeah, 100%. But, I mean, and he might be one of the most well-liked guys in all of hockey, Mm -hmm. too. Like, everybody speaks highly of Mm -hmm. Henrik
0: Lundqvist. Yeah, just the way he carries himself and and all of that. I I think he's... uh... He's as uh, as smooth as it gets and it, it's too bad, you know, after everything that he went through at the end of his career there and uh, and having heart surgery and and, yeah. and never actually getting to play for the Washington Capitals. I know that bothered him uh, not being able to to finalize uh, that portion of his career as well, but it was a hell of a career for sure. Can you believe
1: what we just saw? This is incredible.
0: You know guys, I got to be honest, I have goosebumps.
1: And our next tribute is also our Play of the Week, as voted on by you, the listeners. Our Play of the Week happened in Toronto on the weekend when Miguel Cabrera hit his 500th career home run.
0: The 1-1. Deep fly ball. Right center field. That's got carry. It's gone! Number 500 and history for Miguel Cabrera!
1: Miguel Cabrera is now the 28th player in MLB history to hit 500 home runs. Where does he rank among the greatest hitters in baseball?
0: First question, do we have the ability to go on to our Twitter and find the accounts of the people that didn't vote for 500? <laughs> no, actually, I did look into it. Them.
2: I did look Damn into Damn it. Them. But what was he at, 60%? It was
0: probably, I th- I think, and I I meant to go back and I didn't get the chance to, I think that was the highest um, winning percentage, percentage of, of anybody that we've done in the the
2: play of the week so the other options if you did not get a chance to vote Derek Hill's catch got zero and I thought that was a pretty good pretty catch Smooth catch yeah um <laughs> Jalen Rieger's catch in preseason football yeah. got some votes and Adolis Garcia robbing a home run yeah, got some votes. that was a
0: good one that yeah, was good I liked one. the the Garcia one I would have gone Garcia Cabby of course was first Garcia Hill uh, something else in in an actual game, and then the preseason catch for for me at least. I don't know about you, John, but that that's kind of the order I would have put it in.
1: Yeah, for me, preseason doesn't count at all. And you got to put <laughs> a career milestone like a five hundred. You got to put that as your as your play of the week.
2: Yeah, it's got to be the yeah. play of the week yeah. for sure. Where does he rank as as far as? Baseball hitters all time.
0: Well, I mean, in this one, I'm biased, but he's the best right-handed hitter I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, I was born in 1981. Uh, I know the one name that that everybody likes to throw into the mix in that conversation is Albert Pujols, but to me, Miguel Cabrera was just is or is just such a well-rounded player. Where Albert Pujols was never the the average guy. So. Miguel Cabrera also about forty. What's the forty something uh, hits away from from three thousand? He will be the third player in baseball history to have a hopefully um, until he, uh, if he decides to um, retire or his batting average continues to slide, he'd be plus three hundred batting average, plus five hundred doubles, plus five hundred homers, plus three thousand hits. There's only three guys that could do that. He would be one of them. The other two that have are Hank Aaron and Willie
2: Mays. So I'm trying to remember, because you said the best right-handed hitter in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit older than you, so um, I would agree. But like Hank Aaron, um, he was before, yep. right? Yeah. Okay. Albert Pujols, you mentioned. Yep. Willie Mays was a right-handed hitter, but a long time ago. Uh, F- Frank Robinson, again, Going back a little bit, sixty six, mm-hmm. I think, was his big year. Frank Thomas, mm-hmm. Miggy, better than him? Oh, not even close. A Rod,
0: A Rod is, A Rod will have an asterisk.
2: Agreed. Uh, um, uh, like I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I'm just throwing names out. Just to...
0: the, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. Um, because Arod's name shows up in all of these lists, just like Albert Pujols does as well. But and that again, that maybe maybe that's where my bias comes in, and I'm perfectly fine with with dying on that sword. But um, in that window, that 2007, you know, the Tigers go to the World Series in 2006 to 2013. I, I don't think there was anybody in baseball you didn't want to face in any sort of pressure situation than Miguel Cabrera. And I say that using Al- Alex Rodriguez in the comparison that when the Tigers played the Yankees in the playoffs in those appearances, they dominated Alex Rodriguez. So, statistically, I think he's fine. I mean, if that's if that's where you want to go, that's fine. I'm I'm not on board with it. I'm good with Miguel Cabrera and just, you know, some of the other things that he's accomplished puts him one more level up like he's got a triple crown guys yeah that's that does not happen very often i'm glad you said it does not happen very often he's the only right-handed hitter to win three straight batting titles in a hundred years you know, like that let's let's realize what you know. If, if you're starting a team and you get any of these guys in their prime, I'm not gonna argue with you taking Albert Pujols. I'm not gonna argue with you taking A. Rod, but I'm taking Miguel Cabrera, and I'm not even thinking twice, just because of. The the production that he has and that he did over that time, the one thing that worries me, and and just like we're seeing in a sense with Pujols, didn't really see it with A-Rod, these last few years are tough. These are really tough to watch. So I hope that's not something that ends up hurting him once people see the big picture of what this guy actually was
2: he's the first ballot hall of famer for me and i'd still take him over Pujols Mm -hmm. just for your reason he's a home run guy where miggy did everything right yeah triple crown i'm glad you said that right um a-rod asterisk Mm -hmm. mark mcguire asterisk manny ramirez i'd take miggy over manny ramirez too like miguel cabrera Yeah, I want to say 2016 was probably his last really good year. Yeah. So it's probably been about five years. But his lifetime batting average is still 311. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. The only players ahead of him all time, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, Jimmy Fox, Manny Ramirez. And again, I'd still take Miggy over Manny Ramirez. The only players to hit 300 in their careers who have hit... 500 home runs, Ramirez and Thomas, Mm -hmm. uh, starting after 1954. And um, uh, he has the highest batting average on balls in play in his career at 341. That means he's not just a home run hitter, Yeah, right? He's number one in that category, higher than Babe Ruth, higher than Ted Williams. Like... Without a doubt, Mm -hmm. I'm still taking Mickey, and I know I'm biased, but maybe the unbiased one here, John Rashad, who's not a Tigers fan, Mm -hmm. have we convinced you? Is he the best right-handed hitter in our lifetime?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you won't get an argument from me.
0: Uh, Like, some of the numbers from from him are unbelievable. One I thought was fascinating— And this, uh, you know, mark down the hits. There have been a couple more, I'm assuming, since this article that I was looking at. But over his career, he has 1,488 hits at home, 1,466 hits on the road, 248 home runs at home, and 252 on the road. And he's not in a home run ballpark in the time that in he's Comerica. been here in Detroit. Yeah. Like, he's as good anywhere you put him, in any ballpark, he's the same guy. We had this conversation about Trevor Story, who's going to be a free agent this year, and what shortstop that we would prefer the Tigers to go after of the, the big names that are going to be coming out. And if you look at his splits, it's at a 60-point difference in batting average from home to road. where He gets the benefit of Coors Field at home but on the road it's not very good like here I mean it's
2: almost dead even in both categories doesn't matter where he plays he's the same player anything
1: our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows
0: and look for our poll next Monday on social media accounts again we post the candidates for the top play of the week every Monday at podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram you can vote for it and then we will reveal the winner uh, the next episode oh Are you
1: ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire, and we have another baseball question to start. Who has been the best off-season signing?
2: I actually would have to go to your Blue Jays, Uh, John. I think Marcus Simeon. Second baseman All-Star, 30 home runs, and counting. I I, I don't think... uh, I don't think you can sneeze at that at all. That was a great signing for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was. And that was a fair amount of money, too. Yeah.
0: And and that was kind of... He was one of the last of the pieces that came together, and that one seemed like a, whoa, like... It's a lot of money to put towards that guy, but he's been he's been exceptional. I'll say Carlos Rodon from the Chicago oh, White that's Sox. That's a good one. That's free good. agent with the White Sox last year, Resigned as a free agent. Actually took a pay cut. He was making about four and a half million last year, making three this year. He ends up an All Star this year. His record at this point is sitting at nine and five, two thirty eight ERA. You know hundred and nine innings, hundred and sixty strikeouts, thirty walks. He's been one of the best pitchers on a on a pretty good white sox staff and and kind of led the way there. so I'll take him, who's kind of all of a sudden turned himself into an ace. Where the year before, his ERA was 8.22. The year before that was 5.19. The year before that was 4.18. So he he's never had a season like he's having right now, and and coming off of a a show me contract that he got with the White Sox, he's certainly going to reap the benefits of that at the end of this year.
1: Caleb Smith of the Arizona Diamondbacks has been suspended after a foreign substance was found on his glove. It's the second such suspension so far. Are you guys surprised? There's been so few.
2: Actually, I'm not. Like Hector Santiago being the first, that was a few weeks ago now. Um, I just think if if there were pitchers who were cheating, they've smartened up. Mm-hmm. And we've seen some pitchers actually struggle since the new rule was put into effect. Um, I thought there would be suspensions. I didn't think there'd be many. So I'm not really overly surprised there's only two.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, and and my first line of thinking with that is that, well, maybe this was not as much of a problem as we originally thought it was, or maybe it's just specific people that are doctoring it from specific teams and whatever it is. Um, We've certainly seen people struggle that all of a sudden... um, We're not struggling before and and can't find the strike zone now or can't find any velocity or not striking out as many people and and whatever it is. Caleb Smith is one of those interesting cases, like his numbers are not impressive. He's on a bad Arizona Diamondbacks team, but he does not have impressive numbers. Nothing really stands out uh, about him. And he's the second one. and it kind of it's kind of funny the way it plays out that you know Hector Santiago was the first one. again, not really an impact guy. Caleb Smith, not really an impact guy, but then you've seen Garrett Cole slow down. You've seen Aroldis Chapman slow down, things like that that you're kind of piecing together. So I'm assuming it's more so, They've cleaned it it up and they've stopped, um, which I hope is the case because that means Major League Baseball did their job. Um, but I'm a little surprised it's only two. Uh, the one thing I'm not surprised of is that it's not been a, a big name because I'm not sure how that's going to sit if that were the case.
1: The city of Glendale has decided it won't renew the arena lease for the Arizona Coyotes, but the team is looking to build a new arena in Tempe, Arizona, so the Coyotes are not moving anywhere. But still, we can dream. Um, which city do you guys think deserves an NHL team?
0: Mm. Of all the teams and all the cities that uh, that we've talked about, <laughs> that we throw around, that, that could have have teams... I really do have a hard time going somewhere other than Quebec City. Uh, I think it would be awesome to have a team there. I feel like just in in the U.S. in general, I feel like we've hit pretty much everywhere we can hit in in the U.S. to to peak this interest. I mean, you look at where these teams are located and where maybe more specifically where they're not. I'm not sure you're going to find a hockey market. That will draw any better than the Arizona Coyotes do in any other city in the U.S. Um, so, first one for me on that list is is Quebec City. Like I know they mention. Portland, and, and there's all kinds of names. Anybody can come up with a name, but for me, Quebec City would be the one that I think would be the most feasible, most attractive for the league and, and generate the most steady fan base.
2: Yeah, to me, it makes the most sense too because then you add another Canadian team where hockey is a hotbed, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter when, and now you, you've you resumed a great rivalry with Montreal in the province of Quebec, right? I just, I, you know, you hate... I think the team has enough, a league, the league, the NHL has enough teams right now. Like, mm-hmm. I think if you move to Quebec City or create a new team in Quebec City, there's always going to be the financial question, can they support for sure a hockey team? Uh, if, if Before Seattle getting a team, I was going to say Seattle, but Seattle's now got a team. Yep. And I, I think it's great that the NHL is in the west coast in um northwest coast yeah. in the u.s because now they got that built-in rivalry with johns canucks there too. definitely vegas was another market they obviously have a team yep i think they've exhausted all the markets
0: yeah like you look at teams that are listed on uh, on the, the list uh, this uh <clears throat> page that i've got open right now as far as future nhl expansion teams now i don't think the NHL can afford to expand anymore i think they're at their limit but like cincinnati cleveland hamilton hartford houston indianapolis and kansas city are on that list of those which one is the most attractive i mean
2: i don't know i don't know if you can put another team in ohio yeah um maybe indianapolis Maybe Indy,
0: I would assume Kansas City's a pretty decent market. Yeah, Um, but you
2: got St. Louis there, right? For sure.
0: And I mean, I think the nostalgic one in there is to give Hartford another world, but we know how that ended. Uh, So uh, nobody on, my point being, rhyming those off, nobody stands out in that list. So I'd like to go back to Quebec
2: City. John, do you have a spot?
1: Um, actually mine was Seattle and then I thought maybe Portland, Oregon, but uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know if uh, that's a hockey market or not. And then, um, did you say Hamilton in that list, Matt?
2: Yeah.
1: Like Toronto's never going to allow that to happen. For sure. Yeah.
2: A hundred percent.
1: The Ontario Hockey League has announced all fans must show proof of vaccination before attending games or practices. What do you guys think of that rule?
2: I think they gotta do this rule. Like, uh, like... they have, they. Not only is do they have to do this to try to get a season off the ground, they're more concerned about the border with the U.S. right mm-hmm. now. But uh, I think to, well, we've talked about it on this podcast so far. They desperately need to play a season. So whatever they can to keep players safe and stop the virus from spreading within its own rinks, within its own players, within its own teams, they must take these precautions.
0: Yeah, and and my. My response to, to that is is to get used to it. I mean, I, I think this is going to be the way of the world. I wouldn't be surprised if this is something that you start seeing in any sort of real gathering, movie theaters or yeah. little sporting events and places like that. I mean, that's, I think, the only way we're going to go. And I'd much rather that we deal with that than lockdown number four and lockdown number five and, and continue down that road because that's just proven it doesn't work at this
2: point. The Blue Jays have announced that rule yeah. starting September 13th. All of Mage, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment teams have announced this similar rule. I think you're right. I think this is going to be almost blanket across the board mm-hmm.
0: and there's some companies that are uh, out there that are starting to flip this to employees as far as like it's vaxxed or it's out the door
2: university uh, hospital in toronto i yeah. said you need to get vaxxed or you'll be fired
0: yep yeah. yeah and the, the trickle the trickle down effect of this is going to be interesting too because like we've seen with any other league and any other event that's taken place um with without the throughout the, the pandemic uh, once somebody does it everybody else kind of follows in line afterwards we're very interested from our end in the the junior b circuit with the Leamington Flyers as to what that's going to look like if it's going to be open if we're going to be checking to make sure that everybody's vaxxed or, or what that looks like and, and I'm not sure where those conversations are at this point but um you know our season gets started at the end of September schedule is out um we're taking season tickets but we don't know where uh, or how this is going to work so um it'll be interesting
1: the NFL has introduced a no taunting rule for this coming season. What do you guys think of that rule?
2: I don't know about this. Do we need to give the referees more power? The more ways the f- to screw this yeah. up. No. Yeah. Like, okay. was there really a problem with taunting in the National Football League? Like, I, I think this is a little bit unnecessary, and I'm, I'm concerned that the officials who are power hungry may throw something or or may cause a problem in a big game, a.k.a. the Rams and the Saints, Mm -hmm. three playoffs ago. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so what they're basically saying is the league told officials that they're enforcing these rules, which include an automatic ejection of players who accrue two taunting penalties in a game. They may also be fined, suspended, and and afterwards. But when they go into what some of these, they consider taunting, it's, you know, the the cornerback knocks the ball away from the wide receiver and turns to the wide receiver and waves his finger at him.
2: Does uh, the that decembe matumbo? That's taunting.
0: Uh. I mean, these are these are adults, right? Like if somebody did that to me, cutting in line with me at the grocery store, I I sh- don't think that person should be fined or kicked out of the grocery store, suspended or like I mean, it's it, it, that's the nature of that sport. That sport is is pure animalistic. You know, anger and aggression and physicality, and to celebrate, basically, you're, you are encouraging the touchdown celebrations by putting them on video screens, but you're not celebrating or not allowing the individual celebrations of a one-on-one victory against your direct counterpart. It doesn't make any sense.
1: And now it's time for pump it or dump it. Kiefer has sent us another song to redeem oh, himself no. after the last one.
0: <laughs> oh, this will be
1: a real hit. <laughs> This song is called Love Runs Out by Martin Garrix featuring g Easy. What do you guys think? Pump it or dump it?
2: This is actually a pretty good song. I'm going to pump this all night.
0: All night, all night, play- Kiefer, you have
2: redeemed yourself.
0: You know what, Kiefer? Love runs out, and so does this song. It's garbage. You get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's good, and uh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I, I think I've, it's a good song I've never met Kiefer I'm, I'm a big fan of him I can't wait to introduce him But but Manny keeps on holding the two of us apart Because I think he feels like <laughs> that A new friendship will be will be born between Kiefer and I um, But uh, just because he sent it in I'm going to say this is a, a terrible song
2: <laughs> He's a faithful listener He was, he really, he was really upset at
0: your <laughs> last comment Well, I mean Kiefer If we're going to have to go back to what that other <laughs> song was my my six-year-old my six-year-old's a got a, a keyboard in the the basement that has a little more reverb that was in that song and that that's about it.
1: I was gonna say, has anyone asked Kiefer if he thinks him and Matt would make good friends? Because uh, he may not have the same answer.
2: I think he hates baseball as much as Matt does, so I think it's I think they'll be hitting it off. Right, no, as long no, as he's fine. not an Eagles fan. He's not. <laughs> he's not.
1: <laughs> and that does it for Rapid Fire. Remember to send us your thoughts by email at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com.
2: Yeah, love the feedback. Even Kiefer, you can keep sending in some (laughs) it or it songs, too. We want to thank our sponsors on this episode, London Awnings, quality that shows. And Shane Topalovic, whose
0: friendship is never in question of (laughs) next-level athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training, nutrition, and not talking to their friends over the last couple weeks. I haven't heard from him. I don't don't know what's going on. The gym's open now. I guess he's too busy, but... (laughs)
2: He actually sent me a message last week. I have no idea what he said in the message.
0: He started to get into sending me reels on Instagram, and they're they're okay. I mean, they're definitely not the reels that we share. (laughs) Right, John? But
2: (laughs) some, some of his are pretty good, too.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) And remember, we're back to two episodes this week. We have another episode coming up with the OT.
2: Yeah, and our special guest is a former Owen Sound player going way back. A goalie who played in the NHL, AHL, and KHL, and now is the goaltending coach for the Abbotsford Canucks, Curtis Sanford.
0: Johnny
1: Canuck. Johnny Canuck.
2: (laughs) Welcome aboard, Curtis.
0: Rashad, how many Curtis Sanford posters do you have in your room?
1: (laughs) Five now.
2: (laughs) They're all next to Johnny Canuck. There
0: you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're looking forward to that. That'll be dropping on Friday. Remember, the time in between. Follow us on social media uh, as well. You can find us, Podcast FFC, on Twitter and on Instagram. For future considerations on Facebook as well. Thank you very much for joining us. Hopefully, I am part of Episode 60 with everybody else. And Curtis there too. Enjoy your week. for I miss you. Thanks for listening to For Future Considerations
2: that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion that sucked their mentality's awful their attitude's awful it's been their mo for the last three years tonight i saw and heard one of the most disgusting rudest sick demonstrations
1: in my entire career probably the worst it's garbage and the editor that let it come out is garbage